Good morning once again. Uh, I've begun uh, these talks on the precepts with a reminder, and I'm going to remind us again that these precepts are not to be taken as rules. I've been thinking about them lately as um, little jewels, 10 little jewels that you carry around in your pocket, uh, as opposed to something like a worry stone, you know, that people, I don't know whether I'm dating myself. Do, do people remember worry stones that people would carry and they carry to their pocket and they, <laughs> I get worried and uh, and and then rub the, rub the stone. Um, the precepts are are like that, except they're not worry stones. They're jewels, um, and we can touch them. Um, we can actually touch them in in our pockets. We carry we can carry them around with us. So there are these these ten little jewels um, that we we can touch um, and we can, and we can uh, know how precious they are. We know that we have, we're carrying some precious jewels with us and we can always access those, touch them. So finding different ways to uh, express the significance of these precepts. Today, I want to, draw our attention to the, priest, the sixth precept, which is variously uh, translated or, or articulated. Sometimes it's, uh, it's do not dwell on the past mistakes of others. But our lineage holder, Kobenchino Roshi, made it more general and simply said, do not dwell on past mistakes, not just of others, <laughs> uh, in, during which time, you know, we become uh, the judge and jury. Uh, we become the self-righteous one, uh, uh, judging others' mistakes and holding on to them. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that but is also including our past mistakes, which can be caused just as much suffering as dwelling on the past mistakes of others. So I want to touch on, uh, this is a complex precept actually. They, they all are in, in many ways because they involve all the other precepts. But I want to talk today about the past mistakes of others and the past mis our own past mistakes uh, and dwelling on those. I wanna start with a little story, which I'm very fond of, although it's, it's a, a little bit of a tragic story about a Japanese uh, soldier named Hiro Onoda. You know about him? Mm -hmm. 
How? Uh, World War II podcast. Oh, World War II podcast, right. <laughs> so he's, he's well known to some people, uh, particularly historians of World War II. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, at, toward the end of World War II, when the World War II ended in about 1945, um, this soldier, he was uh, trained in guerrilla warfare and he was an intelligence officer. And he was ordered, he was stationed in the Philippines and he was ordered not if, if, if they were, if, if the, the island was captured, he was not to surrender and he was not to kill himself because he had a job to do as an intelligence officer and fighting this guerrilla warfare in the jungles. Um, he was not, he was ordered by his uh, commander not to surrender, ever to surrender or to kill himself, uh, which is typically what um, a Japanese soldier might do if he were, were about to be captured. Well, the war ended um, and the Philippines was captured by the American troops and Onoda refused to surrender. Um, he actually didn't, didn't accept the fact that the war had ended. And he was, he was sort of trapped in the jungles of the Philippines and they would, uh, uh, from helicopters, they would uh, distribute uh, posters and uh, information that the war had ended. <laughs> they just get, you know, spread it all around the island uh, to let people know that the war had ended. Well, Onoda didn't believe it. Uh, he was suspicious of, um, of all this kind of communication. And so he spent 29 years in the jungles of the Philippines, thinking, believing that the war was still on. And he managed to uh, survive. He was trained in guerrilla warfare. <laughs> so he was able to steal uh, things from the local farmers to eat. He, he knew how to get through the, survive in the jungle um, and did not trust any information that was coming about the end of the war. And so he spent 29 years of his life fighting a war that did not exist. Okay. It was only uh, this is a little bit of a complicated story. He was discovered. He was with four, uh, three other soldiers, two of whom were killed. And one of them actually returned to Japan, got to Japan somehow, and was broadcasting the fact that there was still another soldier in, in the Philippines who would not surrender. And a young man, uh, kind of a Japanese hippie at the time, um, searched 
went to search for Onoda and found him in the jungles, he still would not believe that, that the war was over. He wanted his uh, commanding officer, the major who, who had given him the orders not to surrender, he would only, he would only obey that man, that major who relieved him of his duty. This, this major was a bookseller in Japan after these 29 years. They found him, they brought him to the Philippines and stood him in front of Onoda and, and he ordered him to, to surrender. And only then would Onoda surrender his uh, sword, his samurai sword, and, and say that, that he, he was relieved of his duty. <laughs> and he returned to Japan. I, I think it was said that once he surrendered his sword, he began to cry because he was relieved <laughs> of, of this war that he thought he was fighting, uh, that he was finally after 29, 29 years fighting a war that was over. So what a profound lesson for Buddhists, for anyone. The war is over. The war was over right away, but we, with our egos, with our constructed selves, we think, you know, we have the pride, the ego, you know, we have, we have to keep it going. We have to keep it going. And we tell ourselves the stories that do keep it going. So these are, this is more about the mistakes of others that we've been, we've been attacked. We've been wounded. We've been hurt. And now, revenge, war, hate. And that's, that's, that's the ultimate expression when we dwell on the mistakes of other, others. We begin to, the war begins within us and we become vengeful or hateful. And there is ill will that, that begins to form. And this makes us suffer. And it also makes other people suffer because we're at war with them. We're at war with them. I was um, walking with Momio uh, before the snow fell through the woods. And I had a great teaching from the leaves. As we were walking down the path full of dead leaves and they were making a lot of noise. 
And I thought to myself, you know, dead leaves make a lot of noise. It's like the dead leaves of our lives, even though they're dead, <laughs> gone, they are noisy. Hey, they, they, they um, make a lot of noise. They're loud, but they're dead. And I remembered um, the woman who lived downstairs in the main house saw me raking leaves one day and she came out and she said, Mado, do leaves bother you? <laughs> I thought, that's a really interesting question. <laughs> um, and I had to respond, yeah, leaves bother me. Otherwise, why am I raking them? You know, why, why am I pushing them around? <laughs> I, I don't want them there. So uh, they do, they bother me. They're, I don't, they don't bother me on the tree, but they do bother me when they're on the ground. And I sat with that for quite a while. That question was my koan, do leaves bother you? And I decided this year, you might've noticed that I'm not gonna be bothered by the leaves. I'm gonna see what it feels like not to let the leaves make a lot of noise. You know, just sort of bother me so that I have to get rid of them. It's sort of, you know how people go to war with the leaves? We go to war with dead leaves. This is what the precepts, little jewels in my pocket. Ah, oh, yeah, okay, I'm noticing this, which I didn't notice before because I have this precept about dwelling on the past. Dwelling on the past, it's all dead. It's dead, okay, okay, I'm not noticing something. So what about our own past mistakes? Of course, we haven't made any, right? <laughs> Sometimes when we're sitting, I know this happens to me a lot. Maybe it happens to you. These past mistakes that we've made arise. You're sitting and you're being available and suddenly you're remembering something that you did that nobody knows, your secret, <laughs> or maybe just a few people know it, but it's, it's embarrassing, it's shameful. I've done quite a few things that just keep arising during my sitting. I've done that. <laughs> you know, why did I do that? Um, and I dwell on that. Uh, and 
So where the dead leaves of others and ourselves get really noisy, this internal, uh, these past mistakes that we've made begin to feel very heavy. They feel, they feel like a burden that we're carrying. Um, <laughs> I'm remembering in my, in my house, it's not a house, it was an apartment when I was a kid, then maybe you also have this uh, in your place. We had what we called a junk drawer. <laughs> Some people have a junk room. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we had, we didn't have enough room for a junk room. <laughs> so and we didn't have enough things to fill a junk room. So we had a junk drawer. And, you know, all the stuff that we didn't know what to do with or was old or, but somehow we couldn't throw, throw it away. We just kind of stuffed it in a junk drawer. This is a kind of metaphor for what we do with our lives. Stuff that we don't know what to do with. We just want to hide away. Um, it's sort of a junk internal junk drawer. We just keep stuffing it with stuff. And at some point, the junk drawer, you can't open it. You know, it's stuck. All this stuff is, is stuck inside of you. So a sort of um, um, analog to not raking the leaves and just allowing the leaves to compost. Just allowing the leaves, which were a bother to become a blessing because then it, they nourish the soil. But you have to leave them alone to do that. You know, let, let the, the rain and the wind and the snow and, and, and just time, let, let those leaves begin to disintegrate. You don't have to rake them. So leave them alone, <laughs> let, them, let them do their thing and they can turn into a blessing. They can turn into compost. Well, similarly, you know, you <laughs> if you manage to open that drawer with all that, that repressed stuff, the stuff that you don't wanna look at, the mistakes that you've made, there they are, <laughs> stuffed in there. If you're, if you have this sort of spiritual warriorship um, and that kind of fearlessness and courage, you can begin to, oh, I, um, I was looking for that button. <laughs> you know, it, I, I remember I lost that and yeah, there's something I, I stuck in there that I forgot about, but I really need to have that. Um, or some really old uh, piece of uh, metal, you know, uh, that came off of something. And now maybe it just needs to be recycled, you know? So everything in that drawer has a place and you can find you can find, you can give it to somebody else. You know, it, everything in there can find its place if you are mindful. So this 
this heaviness, this, this sense of, oh, all this stuff that I did that is weighing on me can be sorted, can be sorted through. And I'm not even going to say that it can, I'm trying to avoid saying you, you can learn from it. Um, I mean, that's going to be inevitable. You, you don't have to tell yourself you're going to learn from it, but you can just be with it. You can be with the leaves. You can be with all that, that stuff that you don't know what to do with um, that you've done in the past um, that is, is now just junk. It's just uh, useless, useless stuff that you're collecting. <clears throat> so, um, I want to, to call our attention to the fact that the precept states to avoid dwelling on past mistakes, others' mistakes, war your mistakes, internal war. But notice that the word that is used here is the word mistake. It's not the word don't dwell on past wrongs or sins. <laughs> mistakes. Very important word. Because what is underneath the mistake is not a bad person, either you or anyone else, but an ignorant person, a person who, do who doesn't understand, who hasn't seen clearly you and someone else. It's not that someone wants to hurt anybody or make anybody suffer. It's just ignorance. This is the Buddha way. We're not evil. We're not bad. We just don't understand yet. We don't know better. That's it. We don't, we just don't know better. So there's this quote from Maya Angelou, which has been misinterpreted, which is kind of an interesting, it's been misstated. The misstatement is, I did the best that I could with what I knew. And when I knew better, I did better. So the quote is, I did the best that I could with what I knew. And when I knew better, I did better. The original quote is not, I did the best that I could. It is, I did what I could. I did 
what I could. And when I knew better, I did better. This is, this is subtle, but this is something I've been sitting with for a while. It's not just that we in, in, intend to do good or bad. We do what we know. We do what we have been trained to do. Onoda was trained to be a soldier. He did what he knew. It took him 29 years after he was, after he was relieved of his duty to know better that he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to be at war. It took him 29 years to know that, to know better. And then actually he did better. He, um, he started a farm. He, now he, actually, he actually started a school in Japan for survival skills for people who <laughs> wanted to learn survival skills. Yeah. Um, but he, he did what he knew. And in a way, he was acting oddly on ignorance. He, he didn't know any better. So he just did what he knew the way he was trained. So once you begin to understand when you move from this state of ignorance to understand that we're human and, and we're all human, we don't have to um, judge each other. We don't have to, um, um, even be particularly apologetic in the sense of confessing our sins. The confession here is I'm human. I, I, I'm human. I did what I know. And as a human, I learn, I, I learn, I understand more as I grow as I get older, like the leaves, I compost, <laughs> you know, I can turn my dead leaves, the burden into a blessing. This is what the second part of the precept states. Cultivate wisdom from ignorance. So this is all about deepening our understanding of what it means to be human and to make mistakes so that not it's not about forgiving I, mean, I made a mistake so i need to forgive we don't even blame in the first place just say i made a mistake right? humans make mistakes when i know better i'm too better that simple. We're just human. And can we, can we know that the wars that we're fighting are all over? They've been over for many, many, many 
months, years. And we can, I give you, I'm, I'm your major, I'm your, <laughs> I'm your commanding officer. <laughs> I give you permission to surrender. <laughs> To, to walk out of the jungle and be a free person and to permit others also to be free from, from, your, from your blame, from your, from your ill will. The war is over. So please return your cushions to their places. And we will venture out, not into the jungle.